So a few weeks ago, I was preaching and we were talking about healing and about praying for healing in people and asking God to heal. And, and in part of our discussion, we started talking about the reality that sometimes we pray and it doesn't seem like healing comes. And what do we do with that? How do we handle that? What do we do, or put it, put it another way, what do we do when it seems like bad things happen to faithful people? I've been wrestling with those questions for the last while. As you know, what's kind of going on in our family. And wrestling with that question as Tracy uh, has another round of chemo on Tuesday. And uh, we found out a couple weeks ago, or actually last week, that the child that we were supposed to pick up to adopt in August, we're not going to be able to do that now. So as we go through these losses, uh, through this pain, asking God, where are you in this? Or how does this fit with our faith in you? The thing is, I know that, that I'm not the only one who's going through some loss right now, who's, who's feeling pain right now. We heard it even as people were praying this morning. And I know some of the things that weren't prayed for, some of the things that are going on in your lives, that we all struggle with loss in our lives. Maybe it's uh, a loved one or a spouse that we still miss. Maybe it's illness in our family. Maybe it's a miscarriage. Maybe it's the, the divorce papers that have come. We all wrestle with loss. And I think, I, I imagine most of us wrestle with this question of how does loss, how does pain fit with faith? How does it fit with following Jesus? And I, you know, and churches are kind of notorious for this because we, we are grateful for what Jesus has done in our lives. And oftentimes we are praising God that sometimes people, when they feel like they are going through loss, like when their days are dark, they feel like the church is the one place they can't go because everyone else there seems like they're doing so well or so happy. But the reality is we all struggle with this question about loss. We think about the question of, you know, if God is good and all-powerful, then why do bad things seem to happen to faithful people? These are huge questions. These are questions that our brothers and sisters have been wrestling with, with for thousands of years. But I'm grateful for the Word of God. This, these questions I've been coming to, uh, the Gospel, and especially John's Gospel, and watching this Jesus as he interacts with people and heals and, and, and saves people. And if you would, please open your Bibles to, to John chapter 9, verse 1. And if you want to, if, you, if, you, if it's easier, I've also got this white sheet uh, in, in your bulletins there. So it starts, it says, as, as he went along, as Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground and made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told them, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? 
Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they demanded. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. Then he told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked. I do not know, he said. As I have been reading over this story for the last few weeks, it's interesting to me the the assumption or the, the common assumption that happens in this story. When things go wrong, we look for an explanation. We look for a reason. Not that it necessarily will help, but somehow we always look for a reason. Why did this happen? What's the plan for this? How does this fit? It's interesting, too, the assumption of the, of the, the disciples. You know, it's, it's similar. I think many times we think, you know, if I can just have the explanation, if I can just know why this happened, why my spouse died, or why my child is in trouble, or why the divorce is coming. It's interesting, as I look at the disciples and their assumptions with the man they assumed that he sinned, or that somewhere there was sin that caused all this. It's interesting to me that of all the questions they could have asked, the questions maybe like, Jesus, how can we help him? Jesus, how can we encourage him? Jesus, what do you think about helping him? What do you think about healing him and giving him sight? Of all the, all the questions that were possible, they asked, Lord, who sinned? Him or his parents? And they didn't even ask it like an open-ended, you know, maybe somebody didn't. And they, they assumed, they knew that it was either him or his parents. They were just trying to figure out which one. Now, it's not surprising because in, in that particular time, in Jesus' culture, people often linked sin, or sorry, linked uh, misfortune with sin and with God's punishment. If your crops didn't get rain, then, well, somebody must have sinned. If you're a donkey... <laughs> fell and broke its leg. It must be something there that you've done. If your child was born blind, look back and figure out what you did wrong that made God. I'm so grateful for the words that Jesus said. He said, neither of them said. No, God's got bigger plans here. But it speaks to our our need for answers on things explanations of why am I suffering? Why, do you like, why does it hurt so much? Why this loss? It's interesting as I've been thinking about this situation, there's quite a few reasons why. I mean, we, we, we know the story, so we know this because God has given plan, but without knowing that, it could have been a few reasons. The first thing I wanted to acknowledge is that sometimes we struggle with loss, really because of sin. Sometimes that is true. It's not true in this story, but sometimes it is. And I know it's, it's taboo in our culture to say that, or to even think that, but, but I think it's helpful sometimes to at least ask, Lord, have I done something that has caused this? Or sometimes we know what's caused this, and to repent and to ask God for forgiveness of it. I was thinking about a story, I mean, trying to imagine a, a situation. I mean, can you imagine a, a man... Um, saying, you know, Lord God, why am I stuck behind these bars and, and wearing this orange jumpsuit and why have you forsaken me? And 
the answer might just as easily be is because you were drunk and you got in the truck and you ran into a family van. Sometimes sin does cause the brokenness. Sometimes our sinfulness does, actually not sometimes, our sinfulness does have consequences. When we go against God, when we, I think of even people I know of who, who continue to rebel against God. I don't need that. I can live my own life. In fact, I know what's important to me, the amount of stuff I have. And then they get to the end of life and they don't have anyone around them. And they think, why am I so lonely? Why do I have nothing except a bunch of stuff? Why do I have no one? Our sin has consequence. And it's good for us to, to acknowledge that. Because sometimes if, when we don't, when we say, oh, well, it's just, maybe it must not have been that, we can get stuck in a cycle. We can get stuck around uh, doing the same habits over and over again. Sometimes we need to repent. We need to ask. We need to see what God is doing. See the consequences and say, is this something that I've caused? And ask God for repentance. Or sorry, ask God for forgiveness. I say that just to, to make that point. But as we read in this story, Jesus is saying, no, that's not what's happening here. So I was thinking some more, what other reasons are there? And I think this is an important one, that sometimes, well, a lot of times, this world is just broken. Bad things happen because this world doesn't work the way that it's supposed to anymore. God created it, and he said it was good. At the end, he said it was very good. But then humanity, Adam and Eve, humanity sinned and everything fell apart. Cracks and brokenness and pain seeps in everywhere. Even as followers of Jesus, we know we don't live in the garden anymore. And as much as we long for that style of life, as much as we, Lord forgive us, try to make life work like that, we don't live in the garden anymore. I mean, you all know this. We still hear the diagnosis of cancer. We still hear, maybe some of you have experienced, the children who have been molested. We still hear the fact that we are getting divorced, that our spouse is unfaithful. We still hear about our brothers and sisters in places like the Middle East who last night could have very well been running for their lives while we were asleep. Terrified. This world is broken. It's sinful. Sin permeates everything. Our greed, our thirst for power, our violence. And sometimes, even though it's nothing that we've done, sometimes we are still collateral damage in all of this. Sometimes we are the cause of it. Sometimes it is our sin. Sometimes it's just the sin of others. This world is broken and doesn't work as it is. But that's not the case in this man's story. Jesus says, no, it's not because of sin, but so that God's work could be displayed in his life. Those are powerful words. And I think sometimes we overlook that. Sometimes we overlook that God is doing this, or God is at work in this situation, so that his glory can be displayed. 
And I don't know, sometimes, maybe sometimes it is God saying, I need to do this. I know it's going to hurt like a surgeon. I need to do this and I know it's going to hurt and you will be better at the end of it. I think sometimes God does that. I think sometimes God is just reacting or redeeming some situation that, of a broken world. Sometimes things that happen, I don't think God had anything to do with it, why it happened, but I believe God is at work in the midst of it. Redeeming things in the world. It's interesting, a couple of weeks ago, I think actually when I preached uh, that sermon a few weeks ago on healing, I was talking with Bill Hamilton, and he's talking about the fire up above his place at Six Mile. And he said since it, they had put it mostly out, he'd taken his quad and gone up there and started walking around. He said, the place was just destroyed. It was burnt. Black. He said, it's still smelly. He said he'd come down off a mountain black and smelling like smoke. But he said, you know the amazing thing, Jason? Is that already there are little shoots of green coming up out of the ash. And I think how God is at work, even in the most difficult times of our lives, how that is rich soil for the works of God. There's rich soil, and even though some of you I know are heartbroken, even as we talk about it, I see some of the things, I know some of the things that have happened in your life recently. And it's good to hear that God is at work in that. And maybe we don't see them right now, maybe they haven't even come up yet, but God is at work, and even in the midst of that ash, there are little green shoots ready to come up. So Jesus talks about the reason why this man's situation, why he was born blind, so that display, so the works of God could be displayed in his life. And I started thinking some about the works of God. Now what is, what are some of the works of God? As I listen in this story, it's, it's clear the works of God is healing. And it's amazing when God heals people. Some of you have those stories in your life. Many of us have heard those stories. And someone, the situation seems hopeless. And God does something amazing. And they are well. I know some of the miracles in some of your lives. When people thought, you know, it's, it's, it's over. Or how you ever recover. And yet you do. Miraculously, God is at work. Those stories are amazing. They encourage our faith. And think of sometimes when I've heard amazing stories of people being healed and how it encourages me in God's goodness. But what do we do when we pray and it, we don't see the miracle that we were looking for or that we were hoping for? What do we do when we pray and, and we still miss that person that we love? What do we do when we pray and the news comes back worse than we were hoping? How do we handle that? Is God at work in those situations as well? Those are some of the questions I've been asking. Lord, how are you at work in my family right now or in my life? For some of the loss or some of the pain that we are in. Lord, how, what are your works in this situation? And I've been reading quite a few things, but one of the things that I've been reading is a book um, 
uh, Grace Disguise by Jerry Sitzer. Jerry Sitzer is a, a professor. He was a professor at the university I went to in undergraduate in Whitworth. Okay. And um, a few years before I went there, uh, he would speak. I remember he would speak at chapel and stuff. But um, in 1991, his, he was on the way home from a trip with his family and uh, his whole family, and they were hit by a drunk, a drunk driver. And in that crash, uh, the drunk driver, his wife, who was pregnant, she was killed. Uh, Jerry uh, was okay, but his four-year-old daughter died in the accident. His wife of almost 20 years died in the accident. And his mom died in the accident. And in that night, he was left to take care of his three kids. I think his youngest son, I think he was two, had a broken leg. So in an instant, he becomes, changes from a married man and father of four and son to a widower and a single father of three kids. And he talked some about how God was at work. It took him years to see. And I'm sure if I were to talk to him again, even now, 20 years later, he would say, you know, I, I see, th- see things now that I, I couldn't even see at the time. But it's interesting as I read his story about the way that God was at work, the works of God in his life, the way he was humbled, the way his priorities changed. He talked about how he used to be pretty, pretty difficult sometimes, pretty driven in his career, sometimes far with his family, how all of that changed after the accident. He talked about how he sought God. I mean, it, not at first. <laughs> he wasn't superhuman. It was, there was quite a while there where it seems like he was angry with God. But eventually, began seeking God's face. And his faith grew. His faithfulness grew. And it's interesting as he talks anecdotes about people he knew and the conversations he had with other people who, who had experienced loss. Different not less, but just different. And they would share their stories and encourage one another. And it's interesting how his loss, how God was at work in his life to encourage others. It's interesting as I, the first part of the book you open up and there's all these stories that people have written to me, maybe like 20. Short little excerpts from letters that people have sent one of them was a woman who was, uh, I think it was her son, was killed in uh, 9-11 when the palace collapsed. Thanking him for the book that he had written years before. So we see God at work, even in that situation. Even when we think, Lord, his, his wife and his daughter and his mom, they died. How, how is that your work? And yet we see, even in the middle of that, we see little green shoots coming up out of the ash. God at work in his life. Now I know that (laughs) all of us would think, you know, Lord, it would have been way better if you would have just saved his wife and his daughter and his mom. But I still see works of God in his story, as broken as it is. You know, it's great when we are living in God's blessing, when things seem good. And we rejoice and we give glory to God. That is good. But there is something 
different, powerful, that only happens when we are heartbroken and we draw close to God. I mean, I don't wish it for any of us. But something that only happens in difficulty comes when we are struggling with loss or grief and we draw close to God. So I know some of you are in difficult times. I know some of you have just recently had huge losses. I pray that that we would keep seeing God's work, keep looking for those little green shoots that are coming out of the ash, praying that God would make us more faithful through this, that God would make us more compassionate through this, deeper people, deeper people who might in some way be an encouragement to others. So this morning we hear this story of this man, born blind. And it's interesting to see the assumptions. And there's all sorts of reasons. I mean, it could have been, it could have been sin, but it wasn't in this story. It could have just been the world's brokenness. And he was collateral damage. But it was interesting that Jesus said no so that the works of God could be displayed. And what those works of God look like. Sometimes it is miraculous healing and everyone rejoices. Sometimes it is something other. The long, difficult road that we look back and we still thank God for. Because we've, not only has it shaped us, but God has used us then to shape others. I pray this morning that our understanding of the works of God broadens just a little bit. Broadens just a little bit to not only include the amazing times when God restores sight to people, but also the works of God when he works through our suffering, through our pain, to grow us, to mature us as followers, and to make us a blessing to others.